Have you ever wondered what Reykjavik, the name of Icelandic capital, means? Why Vikings decided to leave Scandinavia and live on this small piece of rock in the middle of Atlantic? And where the first democratic parliament in the world was founded? In today's third episode of Let Me Show You Iceland, I will tell you the story of Ingolfur Arnarsson, first Icelandic settler. This is Pablo the Guide and welcome to Let Me Show You Iceland. This episode is a continuation of last week's episode about Icelandic first explorers. So if you haven't heard it yet, go ahead and check it out. Otherwise, this episode might be a little bit unclear. Today's story begins about 60 years after events of the previous episode, in the second half of 1800s, in the Norwegian Rivendell, where a Viking named Ingolfur was born. Don't confuse it with Tolkien's Rivendell, we are in the Middle Ages, not Middle Earth. Ingolfur's greatest hobby as befits of the true Viking was beating shit out of his enemies. That very Viking passion was to have very far-reaching consequences for him in the future. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Ingo's best homie was his blood brother Leifur Hrofmarsson. Blood brotherhood in the Nordic culture circles was considered a closer relationship than the true family ties. Very big deal. Leifur's interests did not differ much from Ingo's ones. And this is clearly demonstrated in the name I will use for the rest of the story. His story remembers Leifur as Hjör Leifur. Hjör in Old Norse means sword. And he earned that nickname after an event that happened during one of his rides to Ireland. While plundering a village, he emerged from the underground, took a sword from one dude and finished him off. Whoa, such a Nordic ramp. And as one would say, Birds of feather flock together, which is probably why Ingo and Leif were so close. Ingo got along with his brother so much that he decided to set him up with his sister to make them even closer. If that's not the bromance, I don't know what's it. One of the Vikings' favorite activities right after plundering villages and monasteries was partying. Oh yeah, Norse warriors love parties. To illustrate how much Vikings like to get smashed, it's enough to mention that Viking dying on a battlefield was taken by Valkyrie, beautiful virgin warriors riding in flying wolves, straight to Valhalla, when they could feast with Odin and the rest of gods until Ragnarok, the doomsday, when they would march out of the palace to fight on the side of Odin against the giants. I don't know for you guys, but for me it sounds like a pretty dope option for afterlife. Our boys weren't much different than other real Vikings and liked to get wasted. And so on one party, after successful plundering expedition, local Jarsans began to harass Ingofur's sister Helga. However, these pickup masters did not know that they were playing with fire, because, as I mentioned earlier, the sister was promised to Hjörleifur. Situation escalated in a blink of eye. From words, the guys went very quickly into the action and sent Jarlsson straight to Valhalla. At this point, Ingofur and Leif were in a very deep shit. The Jarls were kind of Scandinavian dukes, and they had a, quite a lot of power. Jarl Atla could easily gather a group of punishers and finish their lives. But he wasn't a stupid guy. He knew that by killing them, all he would gain was just satisfaction, and he decided to choose a different much more humane way to get his justice. 
Most of you probably imagine Vikings as huge, bearded, roughless savages who killed without blinking an eye. However, it was not always true. Of course, during their expeditions they would rather not follow the Geneva Convention if it existed in their times. But they were quite civilized among themselves and in truth their democratic judgments were light years ahead of most of Europe at this time. So Jarl decided to take the case to a local thing, some kind of district court for a people of that times. In this court the judge or perhaps we should say law speaker said something like as Ingofur and Hjorleifur took everything from Jarl, now Jarl can take everything from them. In one moment they lost all. The clever Ingofur hide off some of his belongings on the boat and Hjorleifur went on a trip to Ireland to release his stress on the innocent villagers and monks <laughs> and of course to make some extra money. The trip turned off to be extremely successful. He got as rich as Bitcoin early owners and had enough money to settle down in a new place. And since the 13th amendment to a US constitution abolishing slavery was not to be written for a thousand years, he also brought himself a group of slaves. And so fully loaded with slaves and treasures, he returns to today's Norway and together with Ingofur set sails for adventure toward a new land. A land they once heard about from Hrafna Floki stories. The mere fact that they both have a ships show us that they were fabulously rich for their times. I will get a bit out of race to tell you a few things about Drakkar, the Icelandic longboats. Experimental archaeologists a couple years ago estimated that using methods and tools known to the Vikings, it would take about 400, uh, sorry, 40,000 working hours to build a Viking ship. A simple calculation tells us that if Noah wanted to put all his animals on Drakkar, assuming he worked 8 hours a day every day, he would have to work 13 and a half years without a day off to, put, uh, to build a Drakkar. I'm afraid only mosquitoes would survive. They would survive everything. <laughs> Not in Iceland though. In general, usually around 100 people work on such a boat for 11 hours a day and usually in the 9 months the boat was ready. Can you imagine it? Paying 100 people for 9 months of work for 11 hours each. And don't think they used slaves for a labor, no, no, no. Workers were highly skilled professionals who knew what they were doing. This kind of monster could be packed up to 100 people or the equivalent in the form of animals and buildings. As you can see, Ingo and Leif weren't any other dudes, rather rich and ambitious dudes. So loss of all the properties must have been very painful for them, but they weren't type of guys who give up very quickly. They were sailing on the rough seas of North Atlantic and Ingo, who was a very religious fella, decided to ask the gods for help. He was sure that the gods would show him a place where he should establish his settlement. To help gods a little bit, he removed one of the high fillers of his throne. In general, throne is not exact translation, it was more about like a high seat, an honorable place where the head of the family sit. Never mind. Ingo, as he was rich as a Russian oligarch, had these fillers beautifully decorated in the warrior's Nordic patterns. Among other things, he had a woodcut of Thor placed on it. And if you don't know who Thor is, just please turn off this podcast and come back when you find out. 
the god with his hammer Mjolnir creates thunders and lightning, was supposed to show him the promised land, his new place on the earth. So Ingo swung and threw these two pillars into the water with a great force. And now, quick question for you. What do you think? A. The pillars led him straight to a gentle shore where he lived happily ever after. Or B. They disappeared from sight as quickly as they flew overboard. Bingo! <laughs> you are right. Obviously, they lost them. I bet Ingo was standing on the front of his ship, looking at the feelers drifting away and thinking, what the hell I've just done. As Ingo was unable to find his feelers, he made his way to the shore in a place called Ingoshofdi, which is located in the south, halfway between Skaftafell and the famous Diamond Beach, right next to Vatnajökull, the largest glacier in Europe. This place can be seen from the ring road from road number one and is a perfect spot to admire puffins. Ingo set up a small settlement where he lived with his wife and a group of slaves. Our other brother, Hjorleifur, decided to establish his settlement in a beautiful place just outside the little town of Vik. Today, this place is called Hjorleifshovdi, which means the Hjorleif's coast. Hjorleifur built two farmhouses and lived there with his wife, workers and slaves all winter. Next spring, he wanted to become a real settler and cultivate his, this unfriendly land. As he couldn't pack too many animals on the boat, he had just one ox. I know that it sounds brutal, but it was much more economically wise to take a couple of slaves rather than an ox. He forced slaves to pull the plug. The slaves weren't happy about the labor they had to do, so they killed that ox and blamed it on the bear. Our settlers could not know then that the biggest mammal living wild in Iceland is an arctic fox. There is no bears here, unless some poor polar bears drift away from Greenland and hits the shores of Iceland. <laughs> I'm not kidding, it has happened before and it happens every now and again. Unfortunately, when the polar bears hit the shore of Iceland, they've been shot. It is what it is. Leifur and his men went to look for a brown bear in the woods. I know that you might be surprised, yes, we had woods back then. The slaves attacked them and killed them all. Ingofur and Leif were about 150 kilometers from each other, so with a good winds they could sail to each other in one, two days. And so one beautiful morning, Arnarsson decided to visit Leif, happily to see his best mate. He sails toward Hjorleifshovdi. However, when he reached Hjorleifur's new settlement, he found out that his brother had been killed and the Irish are gone. And realized that those eventually distant assessors of Irish Republican army decided to fight for independence by killing their masters. Ingo swore to take a revenge on his brother murderers. Ingo noticed that Hjorleif's ship was missing, so burning for revenge, he jumped on his boat and began sail east, where he believed the Irish had sailed. He was right. He reached the shore of Westmanai Islands, where he found fugitives and treated them more or less the way British had treated the Irish for several centuries. He slayed all of them and saved his sister and other widows who the slaves have taken with them. They all moved to the other place close to Ingosfjall, mountain called after Ingofur, between Kveragerdi and Selfos, 
If you're driving close to this place, be careful, this part of road number one is one of the most dangerous and if you don't pay attention, you can easily end up out of the road. Anyways, our team spent a year in this place. Meanwhile, Ingofur decided to send his slaves down the coast in search of the fillers he threw into the water. Yeah, that's right, he still believes that the gods will show him his promised land. By the way, when he found that Hjörleifur, he said over his dead body something like that. I'm sorry that you are dead, man, but maybe if you didn't try to be so smart and progressive, Thor would save you. Okay, that's not exactly what he said, but I'm sure he meant it. Guys, believe me or not, slaves found those pillars in the southwest of Iceland in a place Ingo later called Reykjavik, which in Icelandic means the Smoky Bay. He was inspired by the smoking hot springs surrounding this place. And this is how Anno Domini 874 Ingofur Arnarsson became a first Icelander. Until today, we can find those pillars in a coat of arms of Reykjavik. The same ones Ingofur threw into the ocean. Not much later, Arnarsson returned to the Scandinavian peninsula and began telling people about the new land. The story was a music for the Viking years, and in just 60 years, the population of Iceland grew from Ingofur and his family to 30, 40,000 inhabitants, who in 930 founded the Althingi, the first democratic parliament in the world, establishing the proud Icelandic nation. But this is a story for an, another episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Let me know what you think about it. If you like it, please subscribe on your favorite platform and share it with your friends. Also, take a look on my Instagram, Pablo the Guide, when you can find fresh feed from Iceland. In the next episode of Let Me Show You Iceland, I will tell you who were the first people to discover America. Stay tuned. Bless, bless.